Golight presents the Lennon Courtney podcast. I'm Sonia Lennon. And I'm Brendan Courtney. And you're listening to the Lennon Courtney podcast. This week, it's the Thinking Woman's Guide to Hyper Wealth. Basically, we're going to be talking about people that are really, 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 really rich. Really? Really. But first, we want to make ourselves rich in reviews. So if you're a long-time listener, zero-time reviewer, it's your time. Please give us five stars wherever you subscribe. It makes a huge difference. It helps people find us, and we really appreciate it. This is The Thinking Woman's Guide to Hyper Wealth. Well... I was going to say, why did you want to talk about this, Sonia? But I know that wealth fascinates you and the power it can yield and the good it can bring, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it is a kind of a, a, a fascination of mine. And I, I think I think there's such a difference between money and wealth as well. Oh. You know, like money is what you earn, but wealth is what you can create with it. Um, and I think, you know, when we look... When we look at what wealth means, there's always a sort of a a down vista and an up vista. So who who's at any level, who has less than us and who has more than us? It's kind of in our human nature to to compare ourselves, you know. So one thing when you Google someone's name that comes up, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yes. It's and three down is like partner. Estimated worth. Net worth, right? So there's a couple of websites that estimate your net worth. Well, guess what my Google net worth is? 10 million. It ranges anything from 9 million to 87 million. They're not far off. Give us a loan, will you? It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I mean... Wh- I haven't got a pot to piss in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think... But isn't that weird that the it, Google can... Yeah, but what, what is that even based on? I mean, that's... Look, then we're into a whole The Thinking Woman's Guide to Critical Thinking. Well, like, also, what, Google what, are just running... Just because it's on the internet doesn't Google, mean it's true. No, but Google are running online or ads on radio with an Irish accent saying, let us support your business. If you're looking for facts, it would say... And I'm like, yeah, but my net worth is wrong. And that's okay. Who cares? But it's interesting that Google are now... can't see personal wealth, though. You can, you can only see corporate, Co- corporate and company wealth. wealth. Yeah, It gives you a good indication, though. Yeah. You can get a good, like every year, some newspapers will always run. TV presenter Laura Whitmore is worth, her company mm. is worth, or mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they do do that. So, But Google is now running ads, which is interesting to me, saying, if you're looking for facts, Google Business can help you. You're like, well, really? Because it's unregulated. Mm. 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 Anyway, I don't know about that. Let's get on with this episode. I think we should probably start with some facts, Esther. And I know you are hyper prepared for this hyper wealth episode. Absolutely, I put on. Can my I just before yeah. you say? You now you haven't <laughs> shared your fact with, facts with us yet, right? But does it involve five levels? Sonia, it doesn't because you mentioned that yesterday, and we're going to leave that stunning fact to you. Okay, very good. Yeah, that's yours. Okay, okay. Um, here are my exciting facts: ultra high net worth individuals (UHNWIs) are people with investable assets of at least thirty million. So there's rich people, <laughs> but there's like uber, uber, uber wealthy people, uh, including the primary residents. Globally, the number of ultra-rich is projected to increase a staggering 28% by 2026. Some of us don't know whether to put the heat on, other people are getting richer. And the four wealthiest people in the world currently are Elon Musk. What's his net worth? Tell me. Guess. Oh, it's oh. 300 million, isn't it? Yeah, 302 million. Jeff Be- million. 302 billion. Be- sorry, billion. Yeah. Billion. Jeff Bezos, 194. Amir, 194 billion. Bernard Arnault and family, who look after LVMH. Which fascinates me, by the way, just yeah. on that. The third richest person in the world is a fashion brand. Yeah. 
177.3. They also have alcohol as well. So that's yeah, they ridiculous. do. And then oh, Hennessy, yeah, don't they? Moet Hennessy, yeah. It's pronounced Moet, as we know. The yes, ultra wealthy would know it's yes, pronounced Moet. <laughs> and finally, Bill Gates, 135.6 billion. Thank you. They're the facts. Wow. <laughs> Digest them. So I I got lost in the vortex of YouTube looking at hyper wealth and what it actually means. And it's anything from sort of entry level hyper wealth. So I've described ultra wealthy, you're describing hyper wealth. Well, look, I think they're kind of the same. What are we going to call it? Hyper ultra, hyper, hyper hyper ultra wealthy. (laughs) Maybe they're different, are they? I don't think so. I think it's just a, an, an adjective to 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 denominate a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hyper wealthy. She's just ultra. So anyway, what's the five? Anyway, hyper wealthy. Sorry, the five. We're kind levels. of starting from ten million plus, um, and and moving up then into the the billionaires, mm. um, and there's something like uh, just shy of three thousand billionaires in the world. Three thousand. Three thousand. Yeah. Uh, 2,800 billionaires something like that um, and growing as you said Esther um, and you kind of have to think at some point what the hell do you need that for what's it all about power yeah Ultimately and I, power, I think that's it? what it is and I think as you move upwards through the levels you're kind of looking at not necessarily the money itself but the mindset and the access and that's what changes as as the wealth grows Um so at the beginning, you you know you 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 know you have to be mindful of of spending your money, even though you've got a huge amount of it. Um, right up to the top, then when when your commodities are time and influence, so so you can exert influence over high level politicians, access to whoever you want for whatever your donation might be to any given charity, time, but also then. What happens at that level, and this is kind of widely reported, is a loss of trust. So the more money you make... The less you trust. The less you trust. And I was watching... I don't know if you watched any of the Robert Maxwell... Not yet, no, I will. uh, This weekend, lined up. It's a four-part show. Um, And I mean, you know... It's also Who's Gerlaine Maxwell's father. Yes. Just for so people The media mogul. But he... um, His trust based on his fortune was so shot that he had all all of his people in his life booked everybody was booked he was wow. there's, there's tapes existing of all his senior executives anybody who came in contact with him he had reams and reams and reams of tapes of conversations because his trust was so low in people and actually one of my favorite stories of all time is a friend of mine who works in aviation and who was on a first class flight an internal first class flight in India I told you this story? No. And he... Um, Holy Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting beside this guy, this really, really good looking guy. And every time the stewardesses walked by, they'd kind of swoon a little bit. They'd be a little bit kind of whew, overcome looking at this guy. And there was a really beautiful woman sitting behind them in first class who kept kind of putting her head around saying, are you okay? Everything all right? Do you need anything? Is everything okay? And the guy kept saying, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And so... My friend was sitting beside this guy, this Indian guy, and he had an Irish passport in his lap, right? Mm-hmm. So my friend said, I'm terribly sorry. I have to ask, you have an Irish passport? H- how do you have an Ar- Irish passport? He said, oh, my dad was actually um, a preacher in Northern Ireland. I grew up in Northern Ireland and then the family moved back to my mother's home in India. Um, so, you know, I grew up in Maharafelt. 
right? And this guy, this beautiful Indian guy. And uh, so my friend said, oh, wow. And can I ask you, like, who are you? (laughs) Everybody seems to be enthralled by you. And he said, well, do you know Brad Pitt? And my friend said, yes. And he said, well, I'm India's Brad Pitt. (laughs) Wow. He's like, oh, my God. He said, yeah, no, I'm really big, (laughs) really big Bollywood star, like kind of the biggest. So my friend said, oh, wow, like how? How did that happen? He said, well, I'm actually a trained architect. And on my first day in my new job with this big architecture firm, I went on set for a a TV commercial for this new development that we were doing, this big swanky apartment development. We were going to make a big swanky ad, sell the apartments for major money. And the star, who was a big Bollywood star, didn't show up. So the director of the ad said to me, you're a good looking guy. Will you stand in front of the camera and take his place? So he said, I did. And that was the beginning of it. And my career just took off like a rocket. I got an agent before I knew it. I was starring in Bollywood shows. shows, And now I'm one of the wealthiest uh, stars in Bollywood. So my friend's like, oh, wow, that's just an extraordinary story. So the guy says, and what do you do? So my friend said, I'm in aircraft leasing. And he's like, no way, are you? And he's like, yeah, I am. He said, I'm just about to buy a private jet. He said, are you? What are you about to buy? He said, I'm about to buy a blah, 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 blah. He said, okay. And can I ask you a little bit about your usage and what what you plan to do with it? Is it internal? Is it international? What sort of mileage are you going to do? You know, how many people are traveling? La, 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 la. The whole, got the whole spec and the whole brief for what he needed. And my friend said to him, uh, okay, so you're way overspecced for your needs. You know, whoever's selling you this jet is overselling you. And I suggest you buy a blah, 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 blah instead, which was three million cheaper than the one he was about to buy. So your man said to him, oh, my God, he said, you are the first person that I have met in the last 20 years who has saved me money. Wow. He said, I'm throwing a big party in my home in Delhi tonight. Please come and be the guest of (laughs) honour. And they're still friends. Wow. So he basically, because he was wealthy, people were just leeching. Everybody was leeching off him. Yeah. You know, and I can see that in some friends of mine who who are very, very wealthy. It's hard. It's hard to know who's in it for you as a human and who's in it for the money. So, here's a mad one. You know, and I can tell it now because she's passed away, but Edie Sedgwick from... Uh, no, yeah, from the factory. You know, the mm-hmm, she was Andy mm-hmm. Warhol's uh, right-hand woman. Her sister, I ha- hung out with her a couple of times. Remember I told you about yeah. this? I can't remember her name. Sedgwick, her name is Sedgwick, uh, Edith Sedgwick's sister. Uh, kind of weird Hampton posh, you can imagine. her. Their family owned like shires or something massive. Like the Sedgwick family owned something huge and and I never knew this that I never knew I knew all about Edie Sedgwick I knew all about Andy Warhol Edie Sedgwick was kind of this beautiful looking Susanna Sedgwick? No Catherine Alice Pamela Sedgwick? A- A- Alice 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 Sedgwick yeah okay. that's funny and uh, she was super nice and she was a friend of my friend Leanne's who listens to the podcast actually and it was a really gr- exciting time Hi Leanne Yeah it was a few <laughs> years ago a very good friend of Leanne's actually and she since passed away tragically actually I was out a couple of times at Alice and she's fascinating. So she was Alice, she was Edie's sort of straight lay sister, but she's also an artist and she lived in the family seat in, in Hamptons and they had a so there if you look at what the Sedgwick's net worth as well, like they're just super uber rich. And I remember we went to Pizza Express and and me fighting, going, No, you're not paying and Liam was like, it just that's just the way it is. She just pays. 
and I was like, well, yeah, but I don't want to be that person that looks down in a, you know, you know, I'm quite generous and I like to pay my way. Very but, but, generous. Uh, and uh, she was like, no, it's just different with her. It just gets done. I was like, that's really interesting. Now, and Leanne is not a taker in any way, but she said, with her, that's what she does. It's no point inviting. Leave it. I thought it was very interesting. You know, And I suppose in her case, that's, you know, that's deep wealth. So that's legacy wealth. Yes, of course. And that's not, at that level, it's not about the money. But I still think I, what, what Esther's saying, I still felt that there was, by doing that, she created a difference between us. Yeah. Automatically. And funny, when, I've, when I was in my 20s and I started making a bit of money, I paid for everything for my friends for a few years. And it was Alan, God rest his soul, who said, you paying for stuff makes me feel shit one okay. night. I was like, wow. And I realised by paying for stuff, here's the shocker, I was actually controlling the situation. I didn't realise I was doing that, but I actually was. I was, you come, you come. I'll make you all come where I want you to come. And it wasn't as literal as that you kind of elevate yourself a little bit when you pay at the group. And you're always young and naive. Now it's now it is honestly and genu- and and genuinely just because I'm there and that's what's happening or we split it or whatever. So I'm much more relaxed about it. But there is a kind of an elevation of paying and ownership. So it's a kind of a two way street. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're still human. We still we're, sleep. We're My still... dad always said to me, no matter how rich you are, you can only sleep in one bed. Yeah. And I always that always stayed with me. You know, yeah. You know, and when I work out I always think it doesn't matter how rich I am right now if I have a stroke <laughs> this is the body I have you know yeah. so your health is much more important than your wealth and I think that's funny that you should say that that's something that comes across very strongly in that kind of hyper wealth ultra wealth world that that's the great leveller that yeah. that fitness well, health, health health fitness and death are uncontrollable by money um, so and I think I, like, I think if, if you just taught me I'm sorry the guy who owned Playboy or who used to sleep Hefner, in the Hefner Hugh Hefner no the other guy who started the magazine who used to sleep in a tank and he didn't trust anybody and he f- had an aeroplane for if there was a nuclear oh, war Howard Hughes Howard Hughes yes, yes. yes. like that, he was trying to defy death do you remember yeah and because I, I think if you if you think about having so much money that you can control everything everything your your the minutes of your day to the nth degree, but you can't control you cells. cannot control your body. And actually, it's one of the things I I watch some really hairy videos in <laughs> in research for this this episode around you know eleven signs that you're uh, you know hyper wealthy, and it's absolute bullshit. Like what? But one of them was that you you have really good hair, skin, and teeth. That you you kind of you you sh- you have a really low key healthfulness is is. But you have a nutritionist and yeah. a personal trainer, yeah. and your health is yeah. most important. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of and actually you know uh, complete avoidance of of Processed visible food. branding of you know mm. that you're kind of into a different zone. What what's that show that we all watched? Uh, Kendall. What's the one we all watched about Kardashians? No, 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 no. That's different, Kendall. No, the one about the billionaires. It was like a take on Rupert Murdoch. We all loved it. Oh, I didn't like HBO. it. HBO. Uh, um, Succession. 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 Yeah, but that's that's like the costume designers were like, yeah, all this you wouldn't see. Like, they wouldn't have like Nike strapped across their chest. Mm. It was all like Bruno Cuccinelli or whatever the big yeah. brands are that are like yeah. look plain. But there's such a difference between wealth and spending. You know, they're two completely different things. You know, and you look at some of the trappings. And these kind of tokens that prove that you're, you know, hyper wealthy. Um, 
And the fact that you even need to prove it seems so gauche and so wrong. So, you know, 800 million castle overlooking the Pacific in Malibu. Like, that actually, when you look at the pictures of it and the video of it, it's disgusting. Mm. Like, it's disgusting. And it's and every balustrade is... is um, uh, decorated with gold leaf and the, the front door is solid gold. Like, what the hell? Mm. Like, you can buy an iPhone, a special limited edition iPhone for one and a half million that's solid gold, diamond encrusted. Mm. Like, what? What? Well, you're talking about the Middle East there, aren't you? You're talking about you give, you give a lot of poor people lots of money really quickly. In the, you know, that's what happened with the oil in the 60s and now it's running out and you're talking about the ultimate displays of wealth. It's, it's fascinating. And, and I mean, I don't even think it's, it's, it's necessarily, um, you know, I, I don't think you can just geolocate it to one spot. Um, and in fact, I'm going to go and have an, a look at an atlas. Let's take a break and come back. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I think what you're onto is, is what your deep relationship with money is. And and I think if you've got that kind of legacy comfort around wealth, the need to display it becomes less and less and less. Whereas if it's new to you... Yeah, but that, it's reputational. So you don't have to display it if it's reputational. Uh, it's funny, I've just been listening to the Irish con artist. Have you listened to that no. one? The woman, a woman who pretended she was from Irish royalty. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. That's so yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And she conned, she's conning loads of people. And the guy who she conned the most, who's an American TV producer, he's great. He's, and she was beguiling and she had, and when they have tapes of her Irish accent, I mean, it's just hilarious. But it's also so LA as well. In that, and it's also, they were totally dazzled by the notion that she was hyper wealthy. They were dazzled in that very, and there's a thing I love and hate about America is that they're very honest about their obsession with wealth, which I like because they don't hide behind a fake, oh no, we're just low key. They go, how much is she worth? Oh my God, she's my friend now. And they're honest about that. So in a way I respect that, but in another way I'm like, oh God, it's not the most important thing in the world. And the fact that they are so obsessed with hyper wealth is the way they can be manipulated by con artists so easily. Because even the veil of the fact that she's, she basically said, her stepmother was trying to stop our cousin Finton <laughs> she made up the name Prince they, Finton and they thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever Finton was like it was such an Irish name Finton <laughs> like, her cousin Finton was trying to stop her getting her 26 million oh no and, they, and then he said, she said he's going to accuse me of a felony and I'm going to end up in prison and next of all she rang him from I'm in prison <laughs> he accused me of the felony oh he said that's terrible we'll have to get you to prison he raised 20 grand to get her out of prison mm. and off she went on a spree it's amazing oh, but it was their obsession with hyper and even the producer can't hear that that's what impressed him her money impressed him well, do you remember we had a we had a, a, a con artist in our midst in the nineties, didn't we? Many, many, many. One particular. Who, uh, yeah, who to- oh gosh, I wonder would we get sued for that? Uh, who told us he, he was related to a very famous actress? Yes, that one. double-barreled yeah. actress. Double-barreled actress, and said he was a journalist with the Face magazine. Walked into a hips boutique in Dublin was called McCullough's people of certain would know it they st- they stocked sort of hyper hyper and diesel and all these sort of ravey brands in the 90s and he was very handsome skinny fought, walked in and he said he was this person's brother and uh, was embraced sucked in and actually I'll never forget it so he said he was Christopher Bonham Carter yes and we don't reveal his real name and everybody in, my, in around us believed him and I didn't believe him 
I just and I there was another two people who came into our Dublin used to attract runaways because it was just it was English speaking but just not quite London and uh, he came into our group and I was like no I smell a rat I don't believe him and when I really smelled a rat was he had a very expensive Jean-Paul Gaultier stretch uh, sort of you know, cotton stretch, cotton short on. And I admired it in Odessa one Sunday at brunch. Crossed it up when we all went for brunch in Odessa in the 90s, in the noughties, of the 90s. And he took it off in the restaurant and there was a vest and it gave it to me. And I remember thinking, no, nah, I'm not buying this. I don't believe this. And he had transpired. He wasn't a Bonham Carter. <laughs> <laughs> and off he went into the middle distance. And did you keep the shirt? I did, yeah. <laughs> Good man, Brandon. Yeah, he no insisted I take it. It was really quite embarrassing, actually. I'll never forget it. But, uh, yeah, he went off. But, Sonny, if, so if you... I wonder where he is. If and when your dream of being uber wealthy comes true, what would your hyper wealthy life look like? What do you think? How would you design it? What would you remove? First of all, me and Brandon were gone. We, got, we accept that already. Oh, like, no. We'd you. get jobs. <laughs> We'd be in the dressing room folding. Yeah. <laughs> She'd bring us on a holiday to a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. You'd be yeah, scrunching the back of her hair because you'd be stretched around. <laughs> more volume, more <laughs> volume. <laughs> bigger, bigger. Um, I don't know. I, like, I, I don't feel, I actually don't feel there's anything missing in my life at the moment. And I know it's that kind of the vacuum effect that you, mm. you, you move up and, and you need more to fill it. I, I, like, would you retire? No way. No way. You see, that's the difference. I will never get to be hyper wealthy because as soon as I can pay my rent without working, I will retire and will take projects as I see them fit. I think what, <laughs> what, what the difference is, is that as you get more financial security, you have more choice. Yeah, that's and, what I mean. And so you, that's, that's exactly it. You only do what you want to do. But I would be brutal company if I wasn't working. Uh, what I call work is actually... Not work. Not work. It's play. Like, I love what I do. And if I if I was sitting at home twiddling my thumbs or if I didn't feel like I had purpose, I I, I, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I'd be, I'm, I'm pretty good yeah, at that. <laughs> oh, my toenails are growing. Let's watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd get bored. Yeah, but I'd write or I would, you know, I'd fanny around. I'd be great at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd move cushions. Like I'd, I'd decorate homes and I'd, I'd do, you know, I met, I remember being on a flight from Cape Town and we got upgraded. No, we didn't get upgraded. We bought the stupid fucking first class flight <laughs> Wayne, on Wayne's credit card. And, um, this really handsome gay guy, big baldy guy, really handsome actually, and he was flirting with Wayne. I remember it was kind of annoying me. This is in two thousand three or four, right? We had the house in Cape Town, and he was younger than Wayne and a year older than me. So he would have. So I was like thirty four. He would have been thirty five, thirty six, and he was real English, normal guy, but they kind of fit, nicely dressed, not that, but he was, he was my age but in first class on his own. Like, he wasn't relying on his boyfriend's credit card to pay for this stupid flight. Sorry, it wasn't first class. It was virgin upper class, which is the same kind of thing. Anyway, so we're at the bar in the first class cabin. It's kind of fab. And I'm trying to suss out. We, we couldn't afford to pay our rent in London. and we're, So I was kind of angry that we're in this stupid cabin. But I was like, gotta drink anyway because it's free, right? So I got chatting to the guy and I was like, is he, yeah, how are you in here? <laughs> you know, being kind. He said, oh, he said, um, yeah, I, I don't work. And I was like, how old are you? He said, I'm 36. I said, why didn't you work? He said, oh, he said, um, uh, an ex uh, and I was I'm kind of into older guys I was with this guy for a long time and he, he died and he left me like four million so I'm independently wealthy and that's the first time I ever heard that phrase I was like oh, what does that mean <laughs> independently wealthy and I can I have some so I said like that are you not bored and he said oh dear lord no uh. 
he said, managing four million is a full time job. And where I put my money is very important. And then I go to the gym a lot and I look after my nutrition and I fill my day. And he, I said, really, did you work? He said, oh, yeah, no, I worked full time for years. And now I, I'm just I, my day feels like I can't believe it. And I don't actually work because I live off the money I have. <laughs> I want that. But I, I was a little bit inspired by that. And that was the kind of I was like, so what, what point did you get that you don't have to work anymore? He said, well, the interest alone is, is quite a lot. Well, that's, you know, Warren Buffett had read every book on building wealth in his local library by the age of 11. And that's what a nerd. <laughs> what a wealthy nerd. <laughs> but that's about understanding what money can achieve. You know, it's not about the you it's see, not about the making money, it's about the I think you sweating the money. I I think you have a very healthy attitude. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because I would tell you the truth if I didn't like it, towards wealth. And it is, it's inspiring, it's good. But there are people who don't. They're just and, and it doesn't work for them because and God love it, my father was a bit like that. He was just obsessed with the end goal and he wasn't thinking about what it would do. And I think that's where it kind of fell down sometimes in its thinking. And I think also, you, you know, you have people obsessed with just the wealth and they're not thinking about the effect of the wealth mm. or why they need it or why they want it. Mm. So they vision board just wealth. And it doesn't work if you just vision board just wealth, right? It has to be, in, you have to encompass it and engage with it and wonder why and what you want. And so I'm like that kind of, I want to be able to retire comfortably. I, I want to be able to, not really, I'm not rich, but I want to, like, I was like, what's my goal? I said, I want to be able to choose my own, the own, my own way I die. That's what I want. I want mm. to be die in comfort with care. And that's what I want to facilitate for. And I think both that, yeah, I'm good with that because I love, I know we always say this stat, but earning over 70 grand yeah. doesn't massively mm. improve your life. Mm. What's that again? Remind mm-hmm, us what mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's this kind of, you know, high tide mark whereby your happiness doesn't increase above earning that 70, 80 grand. Yeah, if you want to go back and listen to that, I think it's the money issue That's episode. Right. We'll put, I'll put a link in the newsletter. Yeah, so we somebody did a big load of research and they discovered that uh, you can pretty much put your kids in the school you want to go to school you can live in a very nice house you can have the car you want and you can look after your health up to uh, and that that's all achievable in around 70 80 grand mark mm. and then they just, what's more interesting than that which is it is a good salary let's be honest for most people it's a really good salary um but beyond that it started to bring problems and it didn't bring it didn't really increase happiness mm. and and honestly that, that's what a, an area I want to talk about in hyperwealth is I'm always fascinated by wacka Productions, who I do my TV show with, made an amazing documentary, nothing to do with me actually. Marion Cullen made it about lottery winners. Mm. And it was one of the. They are ill fated. It was one of the highest rating shows of two years ago. It was massive because we're fascinated with it, right? Because it's, it is, all of us can access it, all of us can play. Uh, lots of people are obsessed with it. My dad's one of them. It just brought absolute pain and, and suffering to the people who won from in most cases, unless somebody went to a financial advisor and I was with Owen McGee this week right and he was telling me again he was saying oh yeah a lot of lottery winners come to him I was like no way and he was like yeah because they just don't know what to do mm. he said and in the first meeting they turn up and um, they're really nervous and the second meeting they turn up he said they're like different people it's just really bizarre how the wealth affects them really quickly and so he tries to manage them and help them quickly you know, think about a strategy and a plan and he's brilliant at what he does but I think if you throw a bag of money at oh, somebody totally. ill prepared for it, it it can often end in disaster right? Oh there's well documented that guy in England who, who uh, turned his home into kind of a rally track and, and a wrecking <laughs> yeah. wrecking yard mm. for cars and 
yeah, like drug addiction and... Well, so we know, I know a guy who won three million in, in the lottery in Ireland, Dublin. He's a friend of a friend and I remember when he won it and everybody will know who I'm talking about who I, and I'm not going to say his name, obviously. And he has since passed away in his mm. 40s from diabetes or whatever. But, you know, it, it, it destroyed his life. And I think that comes back to this idea of your relationship with money is very interesting and your relationship with wealth and whether... Um, whether you have the foundations to manage to, it. to manage it. Yeah. See, I think you do. I, I worry that I wouldn't. I think I'd go do lally. I think I'd mind you. No, I think yeah. you would. You've got Sonia there. Yeah, you I'd mind you. you. Look, the only thing I want to buy in my life is, you know, a good retirement plan and a private jet. That's all I want. <laughs> PJ. Yeah, I think the PJ might might absorb quite a lot of cash. Yeah, we'd advise you not <laughs> to However, we do have an jet. advisor who can oh, yeah. make sure... <laughs> You get the right one. (laughs) (laughs) So, with all that said, what are we going to put on our Bruno Cuccinelli organic cotton t-shirt? Nothing. Nothing. Yay! (laughs) Well, you know, that famous, yeah, Carolyn Bissett Kennedy had Prada Centre, all their new, when they first did sports. sports, yeah. And she had all the external red labels removed because she didn't want anybody to know. And we were like, me and Alan were like, oh my God, I love her so much. So any external display of wealth, it's vulgar, darling. On a dit jamais bon appétit, c'est vulgaire. <laughs> That'll be my t-shirt. Uh, we never say. Do you know that? Did I tell that story? No. Very quickly, Alan was uh, 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 went as a, uh, over to learn French and was working with the Cacherel family, as you would do. And his job was to teach uh, Jean-Luc and Pierre, the two sons who were six and eight, tennis. That's all he had to do and give them a bowl of soup. And um, the Baroness Cacherel was standing in the kitchen smoking a cigarette, the bouffant up, and he put down the the. The, and this is Baroness Cachanel this is old French royalty right As you don't get any higher snobbery and I've since said this to Parisian people over the years many times and they've all gone how do you know that it's really funny put the soup down in front of the two kids and said bon appétit and from the corner of the kitchen puffing on a cigarette the Baroness Cachanel said to Alan oh Alan on ne dit jamais bon appétit c'est vulgaire <laughs> We never say bon appétit, it's vulgar. Mm. You got that, didn't you, That's, that's super rich. <laughs> je studied France. Dans <laughs> l'école, alors je te comprends. My favourite, my favourite French phrase, which I absolutely hate, it's not my favourite at all, was when I was in, uh, I was in Marseille and I was trying on some clothes and the, the sizing was un, deux, trois. Well, it was actually zero, un, deux. And uh, I said, I tried it on, it was, the, the two was too tight and I said, um, uh, excusez-moi, est-ce que vous avez un, un trois? And uh, the shop assistant said, oh, ça n'existe pas un trois. <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck you. Give me back my donuts, I'm out of here. <laughs> the Len and Courtney podcast is an Exceed Potential production. Episodes are produced by EOMD Productions and social media is managed by Judy Gartland. Follow at Len and Courtney on all social media platforms for the latest news and updates. New episodes are released every Thursday. Thank you.